You're listening to Chewing the Fat On Demand. Welcome to it. What is it? Why, it's Chewing the Fat with yours truly, Jeff Fisher. Happy Monday. How in the world are you? It's good to see you. You look great. I, I know it's Monday and you had a long weekend. You didn't want to you didn't want to go out in the world today, but you look great. I mean that. You really do. Thanks for uh, listening to uh, Chewing the Fat. Uh, be sure to uh, subscribe and uh, rate and review the podcast if you have an opportunity. If you're not sure what to say, just rate it 20 stars and review it. Best podcast ever. And we're good. You can subscribe, rate, and review. Then if you have an opportunity, share it with someone. Let's say, hey, give this guy a listen. That'd be great. Thank you very much. Now, there are times, and I know that we are part of uh, the Blaze Podcast Network, uh, the new Blaze Media, the new integral workings of the Blaze and CRTV, and we're one big happy footprint. But there are times when I want socialism or communism in the worst way right now. And that's when I go to read a story on the internet, and they tell me I've reached my limit on a website, and they want to charge me for it. I realize that's capitalism. I realize that they want to make money. I got it. But that's when I want socialism or communism. I want to be able to read that for free and just the government pays for it. That'd be fine. Right? Who's with me? Come on. You know you are. So I was uh, I was doing uh, the Pat Gray uh, morning show uh, <laughs> amazingly this morning. Uh, and uh, Pat's been sick. And, you know, he I'm sure he got sick because he touched a touchscreen pad somewhere over the weekend and got some plague. We talked about it on uh, the news and why it matters on Friday about uh, how filthy, uh, and we talked about it on this podcast about how filthy some of those touchscreens are. And, uh, you know, that Friday afternoon, this past Friday, I went to Sam's club and just, uh, you know, pick up a couple things. And, you know, I ran in, I'm on my way home. Of course I get the, you know, the hi honey. Um, could you stop? I didn't get a chance. Ugh. I'm going to say no. So I stop into Sam's and uh, then I think, well, it's Friday. You know, I'll, the kids are home and, and people are running around. We got a busy weekend. I'll just grab a couple pizzas. And so we don't have to worry about eating late. We just I'll throw a couple pizzas on. The kids will be fine. So a couple Sam's Club pizzas. At the Sam's Club I visit, and I'm sure it's like this all over America now. Um, if not, it'll be coming to a Sam's club near you soon. They have, uh, if you want to purchase anything from their food court, you have to use a touchscreen to order everything. And I just got done watching this particular human, uh, use one of the touchscreens that I didn't want to use it after her. So I went to another one, but you don't know who used that one last. I believe that we all need to, I'm going to start carrying we all need to start carrying like uh you know our own pocket full of rubber gloves to put them on when we have to deal with a touch screen whether it be there whether it be a grocery store where you have to touch screen where anywhere gas station all of it or maybe and gas station will be the most appropriate for the gloves because then you still have to touch the the pump and then just throw the glove away when you're done Otherwise, you can start carrying, you know, the tablets and the new notes all have their uh, 
hand handheld stencil, pencil, whatever you want to call it, to touch the screens with. Just have that with you at all times, and only use that on the touch screens. And then make sure you disinfect that, because you know you put that into your pocket, and then ooh boy, make sure you don't have anything else in your pocket. See, that's what I mean. Germs like to linger around. <laughs> you can quote me on that too. That's a medical term for germs. They like to linger around. So I think I'm either going to have the the pencil, the you know, the stencil for the touchscreens, and a pocket full of rubber gloves with me at all times, just to put them on, so I don't necessarily have to touch things. Ooh. And then I see this story about uh, 12% of American adults are metabolically healthy. Does that mean that 90? Let me sit. 88% are not healthy? Yep. Researchers from the University of North Carolina's Gilling School of Global Public Health, and who doesn't believe everything that comes out of the University of North Carolina's Gilling School of Global Public Health, say that just 12% of the country's adult population is considered mel- metabolically healthy. Wow. That is not good. And trust me when I tell you, I don't think I'm in that 12%. I know that. I I know that. Now, they believe, according to these calculations, that one in eight Americans meet the standards of all five factors. Okay? So they did this study, and they wanted to make sure, see who was, who was healthy, who wasn't healthy, who had good health and bad health, but the doctors wanted the metabolically healthy. So blood glucose, triglycerides, high-density lipoprotein, high-density lipoprotein cholesterol, blood pressure, and waist circumference. Well, one of those, I'm doomed already. Go ahead. You can guess which one. (laughs) Yep, you're right. Waist circumference. Now, so we are, the study fills a gap. I mean, this is amazing. We are doomed, really. I mean, really. And, and look, the research found that people, particularly women, who were more physically active, did not smoke, and had a higher education, were more likely to meet all five factors. Well, whoop de do for them. Based on the data, few Americans are achieving metabolic health. But the most disturbing find was that the complete absence of optimal metabolic health in adults who had obesity. Ooh, well, that was t- that's meant right for me. The complete absence of optimal metabolic health in adults who had obesity. Less than a high school education. Well, I'm, I'm okay there. We're not physically active, and we're current smokers. Our findings should spur renewed attention to population-based interventions and widely accessible strategies to promote healthier lifestyles. So they're coming after me. I mean you. They're coming after you to get that metabolic health ready. Be ready. I'm telling you, you think that insurance company is telling you to wear that Fitbit watch for nothing? No way. They want everybody uh, as close to metabolic health as possible, and if you're not there... You're not getting insurance. Or, you know, no problem. Yeah, we'll insure you for $8 billion a year. No problem. 
Anyway, it's coming. I mean, you know, they, all the phones track you. Everything's tracking you. Your Fitbit watches are tracking you. How many steps you take? What's your heart rate? What's your blood pressure? No need for the waist circumference, though. We could just see what that is. And uh, it's coming. And I say it. I mean, insurance companies are going to be taking that bull by the horn right now. And many of them already are. It's pretty strange. Now, we talk a lot about, uh, on this podcast, about uh, people's experiences at airports. Okay, and look, there's, we hear stories all the time. Uh, Good airline flight attendants, bad airline flight attendants, uh, TSA stories, uh, they wouldn't let this animal on, they want to let this animal on, people's, uh, what are they, what are people's um, comfort animals. What do they call them? What is it? Oh, yeah. Emotional support animals. Uh, but this particular story is kind of agonizing, and I hope this lady owns the airport afterward. I really do. Um, Olympia Warsaw flew into Chicago to attend a relative's funeral. The 67-year-old made it to O'Hare. Family member uh, Julian Cotilla uh, can't. Say the same for her luggage. She had to miss the first part of the funeral because she had to get clothes. Now, Warsaw has Parkinson's and diabetes. She is part of the 88% and has trouble walking. After the funeral, she was set to fly back to Detroit. And he would, there you go. I walked with her all the way to her gate. I confirmed with the gate agent that the flight was on time. Everything was okay. Yep, it's all fine. The gate agent said, we'll take good care of your mom. Uh-uh. He leaves. The flight is canceled. Her son uh, said the airline assigned a porter to take her back to the front, at which point they offered her a hotel room. However, they weren't willing to take her to the hotel. And she couldn't find her own transportation because she has trouble communicating. The porter said, "Eh, you know, my shift is over. I don't know how I can help you anymore. See you later. Let's her sit. Amazing. She found there was a random passenger that finally helped her out and uh, got her got her phone call and called got her together. And then uh, her family waiting for her in Detroit realized that the flight had been canceled Wondering what the heck is going on. Well, they said in addition to losing her bags, uh, they didn't even, they lost track of her. Eventually, they got a hold of the airport security and they found her hours later. Uh, she was still in her wheelchair, dressed like she was. She hadn't left the wheelchair and they just, uh, just let her sit. There you go. We just, uh, we'll just let you sit. That's nice of them. That's nice of them. All we wanted was someone to pause and say, you know what? Can we just make sure this human being is safe and then we can all go home? Now, of course, uh, American Airlines, you know, has apologized and they've launching an investigation into what happened. But this is part of the problem is because American in, in their apology press release, they said we've launched an investigation into the porter involved who is not an airline employee. Yeah. I know they work for the airport. They're like subcon. They they don't work for the particular airport. They work for the, the or the airline. They work for the airport, and so the airline's not going to be able to do anything. 
and the airport's going to say he's told when he's done, he's done. Now, I, I don't know the answer to this other than uh, perhaps, I don't know, people being human to each other, people realizing that this lady is going to need my help whether my shift is done or not. There's a good start. Let's just start with that one. Let's all be human and make sure that we help each other even if our shift is done. It's a good rule of thumb. I don't know what to make of this story. Um, The story, I'll read you the headline. Uber said to be negotiating a multi-million, I'm sorry, a multi-billion dollar takeover of scooter sharing startup. Um, Uber. I I would question that deal. Um, Uber, the premier name in ride-hailing apps, wants to be known as the go-to destination for all on-demand transportation needs. I get that. Um, efforts have naturally gravitated toward growing its share of the booming electric scooter rental business. Is it, is it booming? Is there an actual scooter rental business booming? I I, I don't think so. Uh, you've been had if I'm the scooter, you know what Uber I'm starting, I've got to start up a scooter business to pay me a billion. Oops. Didn't work. Um, there's, but there's ride share bikes, sharing companies all over America that have hoodwinked cities into thinking it's a good deal. And now they're finding out that they're got, they've got bikes all over the damn place. They don't know. They don't have anybody to go get them. There's been a bike. They've got it here in Irving, Texas and part of, and, and Dallas has got them and I see them all over and you swipe your card into the back of it and you can ride the bike. And you can ride it till your card runs out, wherever they charge you, and they, you know, drop it, drop it back off at your, I guess you're supposed to drop it back off at, you know, the next bike stand. Nobody ever does. Or, and I shouldn't say nobody. Most of the time, I'm guessing people do do it properly when they do it. But the problem is, is that like, if I want to try it and I say I swipe my card and it charges me two bucks for an hour or whatever they charge. And I ride for an hour and I'm like, Oh man, all right, I'm done. And I just leave my bike wherever it is. I don't want to swipe my card again. And I just leave it. And there it sits. There it sits. Getting knocked over, getting rust on it. Nobody's riding it. You got to pay somebody to go pick them up. Who's doing that? That's a lot of wasted money. When you see some of the major cities and I know what they're thinking with these scooter, uh, the uh i'm sorry i want to make sure that i have this correctly the booming electric scooter rental business um it was just the uh the end game of the booming ride bike bike ride sharing business a few years ago and they talked these cities into getting all these bikes and now everybody walks by i'm going no hey no I mean, I guess maybe if you put a trailer on the back of those scooters at the airport, maybe people will rent them so they can pull their luggage up into the <laughs> up into the airport from the parking garage. That'd be a booming 
now there's a million dollar idea for you. You're welcome. Just the just scooters pulling little trailers of luggage. <laughs> I don't get it. It seems like a waste of money to me. It really does. I get it. Maybe you know, on a uh, there's uh, there's places uh, like uh, Mackinac Island. There's one place that I can think of off the top of my head: Mackinac Island, Michigan. I don't know if you've ever been there, but they don't allow cars on the island. So it's just horses and bikes. Maybe you could talk the powers that be uh, at uh, on Mackinac Island or other places like Mackinac Island that don't allow cars to be a part of the booming electric scooter rental business. But is it worth a multi-billion dollar deal? Uh you know, maybe worldwide, maybe China, maybe India. I don't know. It seems so not doable. That's my business input for Uber today. Your, uh, your possible booming electric scooter rental business, it just doesn't seem doable. All right, let's have a quick chat about... Um, Wild animals in uh, neighborhoods, just for a second. That's one of just the wild animals in your neighborhood. We all have, we've all seen skunks. In fact, I almost hit a skunk last week. I don't know if I told you on this podcast or not. Well, I think I did, but you know, I mean, it was right. I was so close to hitting that skunk. I would have been doomed with my automobile. My Volkswagen bug, I would have had to sell it, get rid of it for nothing. I would have just had to tow it away for trash. Because you'd never get rid of that skunk smell. So we all have, uh, you know, skunks around, and there's, uh, you know, there's there's rabbits and rodents, and then uh, vermin. You know, there's uh, uh, possums and uh, armadillos. Yesterday was the first day that I saw a fox in my backyard. I mean, I looked at there he was or she, and just looking in the house in my backyard, and I. It was the weirdest thing seeing a fox in my backyard. And then off he went, or she. And uh, everybody is telling me that I should just be happy. They need a place to live, too. They're not hurting anything. Well, yeah, they kind of do. They can. uh, They do spread rabies. And uh, I I don't want my kids out back getting attacked by a fox or a coyote or any other kind of varmint. And I have noticed that I haven't seen rabbits around lately. So, and the fox did not look like he wasn't, was going hungry. So I think the fox has been eating my rabbits. And he's probably, probably eating the armadillos and the possums. Although I haven't seen any, any uh, remnants of that in my yard. So wherever he's doing it is not in my yard. But I'm just a little concerned of. I, I mean, it was cool to see the fox, and hey, look, I don't want to. I don't want to kill the stupid thing. I don't want to hurt it. I just I'm just concerned with it being around because one fox. You know, you know what they say. They've said this forever. I don't know if you know this or not. This is an old saying. You see one fox. <laughs> there's more to come. That's an old saying. Don't look at me like that. Like you, do. you never heard that saying before. You've seen one fox. There's more to come. That's 
That's a saying for the ages. <laughs> All right, let's go over to the break room and get a drink. I am thirsty. And on our way, let me tell you about uh, uh, MercuryOne.org. Uh, if you missed the live and silent auctions at uh, the recent M1 Ball uh, that were here, right here at the Mercury Studios, um, today... Today is your lucky day. Mercury One has given you a second chance to bid on some incredible items in the holiday auction sale. The auction is live right now through December 4th, 2018. Okay, so you got a couple of days uh, at the time of this recording on uh, December 3rd. Oh, you only have a day. <laughs> Today is the 3rd. I don't know why I was thinking it was the 2nd. I am lost. Some items include uh, the GB painting of Barbara Bush, which is very timely now. Uh, beautifully framed uh, photography from uh, award-winning photojournalist uh, Jeremy Lee Locke. Spa packages, four-course dinners, uh, so much more. Go to mercuryone.org. Uh, and it's a good time uh, you know, get a chance to get some presents uh, for Christmas uh, at the auction. And, uh, you know, do a good thing by helping out Mercury One. Go to mercuryone.org uh, for the auction. There is a bid page that you can go directly to, but if you just go to mercuryone.org, click on the auction, they'll take you to everything you need to know. So you've got a, uh, an opportunity to get something nice for a good cause, and get something nice for a good cause as a, as a Christmas present, and get something nice and for a good cause for Mercury One. Mercuryone.org. All right, so a couple of uh, bullet point news. Uh, for you that I found uh, fascinating, uh, some headlines that I found fascinating that, uh, you know, you can share just, uh, you know, when you're at work and you're hanging out in the break room. Uh, there are major issues that will not be able to, we'll, we, we are not going to be able to solve without robots. Uh, climate change, space junk, space exploration, deforestation, pollution, trash in um, impoverished cities, we just don't have the economic and business models, nor willing people to solve these problems. This from Min Du, the executive director of Vertex Ventures, on Robot Reality Check. They create wealth and jobs. Okay. Japanese researchers successfully have developed a technology that can put someone's thoughts on a screen and say the same technology could eventually be used to watch and record our dreams. I do not want my dreams recorded. No, I do not want my dreams recorded. However, do you remember the movie with Robin Williams in it? Uh, the Final Cut was the name of it, and where people had uh, chips that recorded their life, and he would—he uh, was the guy that went in and edited the chips when you died, so you got the end of life movie, and uh, it's kind of a. Kind of a cool look at, uh, and a scary look at if you had something like that uh, <laughs> recording your life. Uh, most people find Monday morning so difficult they don't even smile until 11.16 a.m. Researchers claim the top five ways to get over Monday depression, watching TV, having sex, online shopping, buying chocolate or makeup, and planning a trip. So good luck. Beating the Monday morning blues. 
Um, eating KFC. Did you? This is such a weird thing. Eating KFC. That would be formerly Kentucky Fried Chicken, is a Christmas tradition in Japan. And people sometimes order their buckets two months in advance. No word on whether it's uh, regular or extra crispy. Uh, I, you know, If you're going to eat KFC, you got to go with the extra crispy, I would say. Uh, to uh, look ahead a little bit of what's going on uh, this week, uh, Wednesday, uh, Google CEO uh, Sundar uh, Pichai testifies. I think that's how you, I really don't know how you pronounce his last name. I probably should know that. Uh, Google CEO Sundar Pichai testifies in front of Congress. Eh, it might not go good. Uh, Fed releases its final uh, beige book of the year, and Fed Chair Jerome Powell gives an economic update to Congress. And the Grammy Award nominations are announced. That should be fun to go through. And also Wednesday is the funeral uh of george hw bush uh they are busy transporting him to washington dc today uh, and then he will lie in state and they'll have the big funeral on you know the all-out funeral on uh, wednesday and i know i saw where uh, you know michelle obama is canceling some book tours um to go to the funeral and uh it's fascinating to think about w um in his life, and I might give a brief, just a brief off the top of my head. I was just thinking about this as I started talking about it, uh, his funeral being on Wednesday. When I filled in for Pat this morning, someone tweeted about doing a retrospective on, uh, well, they talked about they wanted to hear me say the retrospective voice, uh, George H.W. Bush, dead at 94. This has been retrospective. And so, uh, I might give you <laughs> all day. I've been thinking about little tidbits to do because in the retrospectives, you want to give their life, but you don't want to. It's, it's it, giving their life is also giving st- not only the big stuff in their life, but some of the stuff that you might not remember uh, in life uh, that goes with the uh, with the retrospective way. And I also saw a story, uh, as long as we're in the break room, and we'll, we'll head back in a little bit, but um, I also saw a story today in the Wall Street Journal opinion page uh, by Lance Morrow. All right? It was dated November 30th. And the title of his opinion page is, America is Addicted to Outrage. Is There a Cure? Um, Lance Yeah, we know uh, we're addicted to outrage, and the cure is in the book by Glenn Beck uh, called Addicted to Outrage. In fact, he just got done doing a tour of live performances about addicted to outrage. So way to jump on board, Lance. Good job. News from uh, the Pope, uh, Vatican City. Uh, Men with deep-rooted homosexual tendencies should not be admitted to the Catholic clergy. Duh. Um, But I thought that the whole point of uh, being homosexual and gay is if you didn't act on it, then it wasn't a sin. So isn't it more appropriate that people who, whether gay or not, if you hear the calling to be a priest— Uh, It's important to know that as of now, being a priest means you're celibate. 
that brings you closer to God. That's the point. If you believe what they believe, that is the point. So it doesn't matter what you identify as. Because once you become a priest, you're supposed to identify as, I don't know, a priest. It just, just drives me crazy. And uh, also, uh, we talked a little bit about Starbucks uh, finally, finally, finally figuring out how to block porn uh, in their stores because it's such a difficult task. There's been other companies that have figured it out, you know, a few years back, but they couldn't quite get it right. Starbucks didn't quite know how to do it. They're only a multi-billion dollar corporation. And uh, so they figured it out that they're going to start the first of the year and they're going to they're going to block porn from being able to be downloaded uh, and viewed in their in their chain stores. Well, one uh, one company is so angry uh, that they are banning Starbucks from their employees. And, uh, I, you know what? I, I, I hope it works. Uh, you know, I'm not big on boycotts, but, uh, you porn is banning Starbucks, uh, from their offices. I don't know where their offices are. Um, I don't know how many people they have working for them. I'm sure they have more than I think. Cause it's a, it's a million, if not billion dollar company, but, uh, they are so pissed. <laughs> You porn, yeah, you heard me. You heard me right. You porn is so mad that they are—they're uh, banning—they're uh, banning Starbucks, and that'll—that'll that'll teach them. And also, the I remember the uh, we talked a little bit about the uh, sex doll brothel in Hong Kong that uh, was letting customers uh, try before they buy, and I thought it was a pretty good idea. I mean, I mean you're supposed to know how the product works before you buy it, right? Ah, uh, yeah, the police have. Uh, They've shut it down. I know. I know. It's not. I didn't do it. Don't look at me. Uh, they look at. They charge customers an hourly rate so they could use some of the sex dolls in hopes that it would encourage them to buy it. And uh, the police have said, uh, "Yeah, no, uh, we're not doing that. And uh, we're arresting you and we're shutting you down." So, so much for that. <laughs> and uh, this story is one of the stories that just drives me insane. We talk about finding stuff in storage units, finding bags along the side of the road. People have found lottery tickets, scratched off the right, wrong ticket to win money. People have uh, found stuff. This 4,000-year-old pot, a 4,000-year-old pot, okay? During the Bronze Age, in now what is, what is now Afghanistan, all right, a civilization made a ceramic pot. It's four-inch tall vessel, distinguished by the antelope painted across the side of it. And for years, it was used as a toothbrush holder because a guy bought it out of a trunk of a car for like two bucks. And then he was helping unload some uh, some museum pieces. And he looked at one of the museum pieces, and it looked a lot like his toothpick holder. And, the, and he, he said, hey, hey, that looks just like my toothpick or my toothbrush holder. Huh. Wonder if my toothbrush holder really is something. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it is. It's an antique piece. 
so he put it up for sale. I'm guessing that uh, he thought it was going to be, uh, you know, worth uh, worth more than eighty grand. But he got eighty thousand for it. It's a pretty good investment. Two bucks. Okay. No problem. Good to go. I said eighty thousand. <laughs> it might actually have been only eighty bucks. If it was eighty bucks, put the toothbrush back in it. You kidding me? So earlier today, I'm uh, sitting here in the Blaze uh, Blaze Radio Studios, the Blaze uh, Podcast Network Studios. And uh, it's the Blaze Media, Blaze TV, Blaze Podcast Network, you know, whatever. The Blaze, the whole damn thing. The Blaze slash CRTV slash podcast can slash I, TV I, no, 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 slash. Stop, stop what you're doing. What in the world are you doing? You know, it's it's an all encompassing. It's, no, it's a Sasquatch footprint no. of the Blaze CRTV. Okay, hold on. Hold on. Let me explain all this. So, right now, you and Jeffy are the beginning of the blaze.com slash podcast with the SRDM podcast. Podcasts. Then we are in the, oh, you can't send the. We are at Blaze Podcast Network. So right now we're listening to Blaze Podcast Network. That V is going to throw me off. But I just want to be, I want to be clear that I understood you properly, right? We are now broadcasting from Blaze Podcast Network Studios. We are from that, yes. We're not uh, we're not at the Blaze Podcast Network. Which it should be. Actually. We are at I've, I've, Blaze Podcast you Network. You should have made the you should have left the V in there. I mean just get rid of the V. You can't. I just <laughs> did it. We are at Blaze, Blaze Podcast, Podcast Network. Networks. And let just to be clear. I although I was using the uh, I was the one who was was the first to call this the podcast network. Thank you. Let's be clear about that. Let's straighten that up. So, all right. So this is the Blaze Media, Blaze TV, Blade Pos- Blaze Podcast Network. I'm going to get really mad here for just a second. This is the uh, Blaze Media slash CRTV slash Blaze Podcast Network slash show is that right don't just shake your head they can't hear which way the rocks are moving they don't know yes that's an old saying that's an old saying my dad used to say by the way i can't know which way the rocks are moving if your head's just shaking you gotta speak up (laughs) (laughs) oh incredibly stupid that was good news today though big news for the uh for the Blaze and CRTV coming together, and we really do now have a, a Sasquatch footprint uh, covering America. That's most important uh, for you because now it's more people will know what you believe in, not less, and that is the most important thing. Anyway, earlier today, uh, Chris and I are sitting in the. This is what started this whole stupid thing. We're sitting in the Blaze. We're sitting in Blaze Podcast Network Studios, and uh, we look up at the television, and there's these four guys on. And they, uh, I look at the television, and I'm like, 
what the? And Chris goes, who are they? And I thought at first it was ZZ Top. Just a quick glance, I thought, oh, it's ZZ Top. But it's not, because there's only one guy with a long white hair and white beard. It's the Oak Ridge Boys. All right, now, Oak Ridge Boys at one time were really huge. And they were, what they're, they're on talking about George W. Bush. And I'm thinking, okay. Well, apparently there, that was his request that they sing Amazing Grace at his funeral. And they are doing that. And they talked about, uh, they knew about it. They've got the, you know, they've got the, it's done. They're just going to, you know, show up and do the Amazing Grace at the funeral. And then they're leaving. And they said something in the interview, like, uh, because they've got a friend that's flying them in to D.C. And then they're flying them right out to go do a show. And I'm thinking, shut up, Oak Ridge boys. Don't make it seem like you don't have the money for a plane to fly in and out. You kidding me? Oak Ridge freaking boys have been around since 1812. I mean, they, and so Chris asked me, were they big ones? (laughs) The only song I can think of from them really is, uh, I remember my grandfather singing Elvira to me. And uh, so I looked them up in their awards and honors. All right. Starting in 1978, starting in 1978, top vocal group. And then it goes on from there. 1981. This is the this is the Academy of Country Music Awards. 1978. Top vocal group. 81. Single of the year. What single? Elvira. Country Music Association Awards. 1978. I just it doesn't matter. Instrumental group of the year. Vocal group of the year. Single of the year. Instrumental group of the year. Uh, Dove Awards. Grammy Awards. Grammy Awards. Let's see what they won of the Grammys. The Grammys are going to be announced on Wednesday. Best Gospel Performance other than Soul. Talk about the good times. Best Gospel Performance other than Soul. Baptism of Jesse Taylor. That was in 71 and 74. That was before they went mainstream. They were just gospel. Wow. Best Country Performance by a Doer. Uh, oh, they're in the Gospel Music Hall of Fame and the Country Music Hall of Fame. So there you go. Oak Ridge Boys will be performing at the funeral. And I was just thinking about, uh, we talked a little bit about Michelle Obama canceling some of her book tours. Um, And, uh, you know, I I mentioned this morning, and it's fascinating to me, that uh, George H.W. Bush was really the last president of the United States where half the country didn't hate him. That's pretty. That's pretty remarkable. And uh, that's pretty remarkable. And I know that he was a good man. He was a family man, and he did so much for the country. I mean, he fought in the military. He did UN work. He did CIA work. He did vice presidential work. He did presidential work. I mean, that's an amazing career. And he created uh, some strong uh, siblings, or not siblings, uh, children. That uh, created, you know, they were a president and a governor and another governor. Uh, pretty remarkable. And he was uh, past president George H.W. Bush. Stuck with the same woman, Barbara, for 73 years. George Herbert Walker Bush. Dead. At the age of 94, this has been retrospective. Notice I didn't use any of the, I didn't use any butt pinching jokes or anything. Too soon? Too soon.
Oh, 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 oh,